Nations, welcome to episode number four of The Clutch. Hello, hello. How is everyone doing on this lovely Wednesday evening slash night, wherever you guys are? We have a lot to talk about on The Clutch. The Red Sox are on a two-game losing streak. Can the Celtics beat the Nets in the playoffs? And why in the heck did the Patriots sign Brian Hoyer? First, let's get to the most important thing right now in the Boston Celtics defeating the Washington Wizards last night at the TD Garden. It was a great game to watch if you're a Celtics fan. If you're a Wizards fan, I'm sorry. But Jason Tatum scored 50 points. I think that's his third time scoring over 50 points, which is amazing as a Celtics fan. This is what you need for the Celtics coming forward. This is the momentum, the potassium. This is what we need for the Celtics right now. If you're Jason Tatum, you need to be playing just like that against those dang Brooklyn Nets. Because those Nets, man, they're scary. They can look great on paper, but, man, if they don't do well in these playoffs, there's going to be a lot a lot of problems right now because here's the thing. Brooklyn is a good team. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and you can throw in Blake Griffin. They used to have Lamar Aldridge, but he retired because, you know, he was old and he was getting up there. But the Celtics, I think the Celtics can shock the world. The Celtics, just like I keep saying with the Patriots, they are on a shock the world tour right now. Because here's the thing. Jalen Brown, he's out for the season. And I think that Tatum, Smart, Kemba Walker, and Evan Fournier, that's the new big four right now in Boston. And I think the Celtics can win this. It's 50-50. I don't have, like, you know, any symptoms that, you know, they can win or lose. But right now, as a Celtics fan, I can definitely see the Celtics possibly turning this out. Because here's the thing. I think they can somehow beat Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. I think that it's like a 1 out of 99% chance. Just like in the you know movie Dumb and Dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance. I think there's a 1% chance that the Celtics can actually beat the Nets in round one of the playoffs. Because here's the thing. We know how to play against Kyrie Irving. Kevin Durant, and James Harden. But we are 0-3 against the Brooklyn Nets this season, which is kind of sad as a Celtics fan. Because here's the thing. There's been many injuries on the Nets. Kevin Durant's been out. James Harden has been out. Kyrie Irving has been out. And I think Blake Griffin, too. But you know now all three of them, it's like a three-headed dragon. They're going to be tough together. Now, I have a feeling that, you know, the Nets could possibly blow us out, but we don't know if that's going to be a fact or if that's going to be an opinion right now. Because I think that here's the thing. I think that Jason Tatum can be like a LeBron James. I think he can, you know, carry the momentum just like LeBron James did when he was on the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was a great mentor. He was great. He showed great leadership. And he pulled all these free agents from everywhere, like, you know, J.R. Smith, Amon Shumpler, uh, you know, 
and and whatnot, Kevin Love and stuff like that. And I think Jason Tatum, if he pulls this Celtics team to the Eastern Conference Final, and which I think he can, I think he has a great shot of doing that. You know, with not having you know Jalen Brown on the team right now, that's kind of saying like you know this is you know Jason Tatum's team right now. And, you know, I think with his momentum and with his leadership ethics right now, I have a good feeling that he can actually, you know, turn the ship around and actually win a couple of games for the Celtics. Now, here's the thing. If the Celtics take at least one game in Brooklyn and maybe a couple in the TD Garden, because Boston is going to have 100% capacity by May 29th, which is a huge upgrade for Boston, you know. Fenway Park will be back, the TD Garden, uh, Gillette Stadium, which is awesome. You know, I think that the Celtics can possibly turn this around. I have a good possibility that it could happen. You know, it's going to be hard. It really is, you know. with not. If, here's the thing. If Jalen Brown was not injured, I would definitely be telling you guys that, yes, I think that the Celtics can possibly turn this into a seven-game series. But, you know, with the injuries with with Williams, with Jalen Brown, it's not going to be easy. You know, if the Celtics actually play their butts off and they can actually pull out this series win, it would be a huge momentum push for the Celtics because I don't know who we, who we play after the first round. But, you know, if Jason Tatum can actually pull some strings together and be like, hey, this is my team right now and this is what I'm going to do to you guys in order to make ourselves be a better team and say and be like a LeBron James and say, hey, you know, we got to pull the strings together. We can just Marcus Smart, play some awesome defense. You know, Kemba Walker with his amazing leadership can definitely pull this team around and things can happen. I think that the Boston Celtics can actually pull this win together and possibly make this a seven-game series, you know, We've beaten many teams when we've had guys out in the past. We've beaten Milwaukee. We've beaten the 76ers. We've almost come to beat LeBron James when he used to be on the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, And we did this also with you know Kyrie Irving out for the year and Gordon Hayward when he had that gruesome injury when he was on the Celtics for the first time. So I think we could possibly pull this out. It's a one out of a thousand chance that the Celtics can actually be on that shock the world tour right now. Because I think that this team poss- could could possibly have it. I mean, yeah, our bench is in great, great with, you know, Pritchard, Semi Ojale, uh, Nee Smith, who else is out there? You know, you can I guess you can throw out Chocolate Fall, but you know, our bench isn't really that great. But what Brad Stevens needs to think about right now is that, you know. Think of some veteran guys that could actually pull this win together. And, you know, he needs to put more minutes on for Jabari Parker because, you know, we got him on a two-year deal. And Jabari Parker, when he was on the, you know, Milwaukee Bucks, he wasn't that bad of a player when he used to play for the Bulls. Jabari Parker is the veteran kind of guy. He's not like a Carmel Anthony, you know, um, Ish Smith, J.R. Smith kind of person, but he has momentum and uh, mortality to actually, you know, stir the pot and actually, you know, pull this team together. And can throw, I forgot that we still have uh, Tristan Thompson on the team. 
I think Tristan is going to have a huge impact on this series for the Celtics to beat the Brooklyn Nets. And here's the thing. He might be starting a couple of games because we don't know how long Robert Williams is going to be out for or, you know, how long his injury may pertain. So, you know, could it be that he, he's in the starting line? Or here's the thing. Brad needs to actually think to bring out Taco Time, bring out Taco Fall, because y'all didn't sign him for any reason. Because he, if you actually put him out there, he's like a ball ball out there. He's tall. He's skinny. He can get you rebounds on the post, up there, and everywhere. And I think he could become one of the greatest centers of all time if he if he actually plays him and not you know puts him on the bench and you know plays him like you know in the last three minutes. Like you know, here's the thing with Brad Stevens. I like the guy. I love Brad as a coach. He's a great coach, and I don't think we should get rid of him. I think he's a great coach. He's amazing. And I think that, you know, the Celtics will do fine with him as a coach this year and next year. So, you know, I've been reading a couple tweets here and there that, you know, Danny Ainge has been talking to Brad Stevens and, you know, they're going to keep Brad Stevens for the rest of the season and for next year. And they're going to keep Jalen Brown. But here's the thing. I like Brad Stevens. Ever since he's been a coach, we've made the playoffs. I think he's been with us for, what, eight, seven years? And ever since then, we've made the playoffs. So Brad Stevens is a positivity guy. I mean, yeah, I understand that, you know, we don't bring in great free agents or, you know, no one big with leadership like, you know, a Paul George, a Kawhi Leonard, or Carmelo Anthony symptoms has come here at all. But it will be nice to have someone like that with their, you know, persistencies and, you know, leadership or whatnot to actually come to Boston and actually make this team a championship, you know, team. It would be nice to see that happen. But, you know, going back on the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics series, I think in reality, I have a feeling that the Celtics might get swept. It's just I don't see, like, any positives out of this other than what I just said a couple minutes ago with, you know, can Jason Tatum – Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart lead this team into taking this into seven games. I mean, I don't see it. I really don't see it in the Celtics right now. I wish I could say I see it right now. I just don't. This team really aggravates me. I mean, they did win last night against a mediocre team in the Washington Wizards. I'll give them credit with that. But other than that, I don't see them beating Brooklyn. I don't see them beating Milwaukee. I think the Philadelphia 76ers, I can't believe I'm saying this right now, and the Sixers are a, you know, great team right now. The Sixers are a better team than the Boston Celtics, and I can't believe I'm saying that as a Celtics fan because the 76ers are rival to us. And it really hurts me to say that. Like, you know, I hate swallowing those words, but it's true. The Philadelphia 76ers this year are a better team than your Boston Celtics. And Beats playing great. Ben Simmons, they have a better bench than we do. You know, Dwight Howard's playing amazing. Danny Green is becoming one of the hottest shooters in the NBA. Seth Curry, I'd rather have him be on the Celtics than, you know, anyone. Neat Smith, you know. But, you know, the Sixers are possibly going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I can definitely see the 76ers or Milwaukee Bucks go into the Eastern Conference Finals. I just don't have 
that much stress in the Celtics than I do last year to this year. Because here's the thing. The Celtics are a really sorry team right now. They've lost to so many crappy teams, the Bulls, the Thunder, and many other teams I could list off my fingers. I mean, if you ask me right now, do the Celtics deserve to be in a playoff team right deserve to be in the playoffs? No. They really don't. They haven't showed to me that they can be a great team like the New York Knicks and shock the world and surprise everyone and be the fourth seed in the playoffs right now, which is amazing as we speak. I think the New York Knicks are going to do a better job than the Celtics and advance to play whoever. I think they're playing the Atlanta Hawks, you know, come Saturday or Sunday, whenever their schedule gets going. Because I think Julius Randle, Derek Rose are great leaders, and they've shown that a New York Knicks team with no one good except for Randall and Derek Rose and some other players too, that they can actually make the playoffs and actually play like a team unlike the Boston Celtics, where we have two all-stars, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and they haven't showed the hype. I just don't have the trust in the Celtics right now. I really don't. I really hope I'm wrong. I really hope that Jason Tatum can prove me wrong. I really hope that he he can, because I think that he has the audacity to actually, you know, be the better leader right now as we speak. So I hope that, you know, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Kemba Walker, and Evan Fournier, they can all prove me wrong. I really hope that happens. But right now we are going to hit the commercial break. When we get back, we're going to be talking about the Patriots, why in the heck did Brian Hoyer sign with us? This is The Clutch. I'm Devin Delgani. their new concussion medication Prevasol helps repair nerves and promote cell growth. There, we can get the drug in the brain in less than five minutes. Uh, and our plan is when we get that diagnosis on the field of play, give the drug nasally, get it in the brain quickly. When it gets in the brain, it actually gets into the nucleus of your brain cells and it reduces swelling, inflammation, and oxidative stress at the same time. When Jake and I first talked about this many years ago, my, one of my first questions was, will this help me? And he goes, no, this is for treatment. Immediately, when a concussion, or you think a concussion has occurred. Yeah. Uh, the acute problems that, that exist later on in life, uh, if we can take care of these at an early age and start getting some of these uh, things to our, our, our children and, and grandchildren, you know, and we, I think we can make this, this game, our game, football, a safer place. And so the whole goal is we're trying to make life, we're trying to make the game safer. And so Odyssey and this drug, we believe can be a game changer, a game changer in so many different ways. Yes, on the football field, in the game of football, because that's where my passion lies, but also in the game of life.
Welcome back to the clutch. That was uh, a great commercial. Uh, so let's talk about right now the Patriots in signing Brian Hoyer to a one-year deal. Now, here's the thing: I have a lot of uh, you know opinions about this signing for the New England Patriots. Um, right now, we have four quarterbacks on the roster with the signing of Brian Hoyer. So we have Hoyer, Mac Jones, Cam Newton, and Stidham. So here's what's going to happen with the quarterback situation. The Patriots aren't going to have four quarterbacks when we finish, you know, into the season by August 1st. You know, that's not going to happen. The Patriots have never started the season with four quarterbacks. So what I'm thinking why we, you know, re-signed Brian Hoyer back was basically because, you know, for a moment, like, you know, as a mentor so that he can, you know, mentor Mac Jones, Cam Newton, or anything else. That's the only reason I, I see that, you know, Bill Belichick is just like, all right, you know, we got to sign him for a year. I mean, that's that's the only reason. I don't see, like, you know, the Patriots signed him because, you know, we were in desperate need of a quarterback, you know, just like, you know, the, the freaking Green Bay Packers are right now, you know, signing quarterbacks left and right, left and right. It's just like, why would you want to do that? You know, I saw that Tuesday night it happened when I was watching, or Monday night, when the Bruins were playing the Capitals. And I was just thinking to myself, why in the heck do the Patriots need another quarterback? Why? They really don't need anyone else right now, if you think about it. They're finding quarterbacks. So it's like, don't worry, Patriots Nation. We only signed him basically because we need a mentor in Brian Hoyer. He's not going to be like, you know, the second backup because we already know Mac Jones is going to be the backup quarterback, you know, or he could start in the beginning of the season or by week maybe eight or nine. So, I mean, we'll see what happens there. It'll be really interesting to see, like, you know, if Mac Jones starts, if, you know, Brian Hoyer can be a great mentor to Mac Jones and Cam Newton. So, you know, We'll see what happens. You know, it'll be really interesting to see, you know, how Brian Hoyer can lead these two great quarterbacks and Cam Newton and Matt Jones. So we'll see what happens. I'm actually excited to see, you know, I kind of question, you know, why Bill Belichick would do something like that and sign Brian Hoyer. But now that, I, like, you know, I sit back and I think, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, the Patriots signed Brian Hoyer because of, you know, a mentor and just to see, you know, if he can lead on to, you know, the Patriots and Mac Jones and Cam Newton. But, I mean, to start off with that, it'll be really interesting to see, you know, who starts for the New England Patriots. Right now, it seems like the starter is obvious going to be Cam Newton. You know, he's going to be the starter come week one. You know, will he have some problems? I mean, he has a full preseason workout. That was the difference between – this year's offseason and last year's offseason that, you know, Cam Newton didn't have as much time to, you know, read the plays and actually think about, you know, who's open, who's not. Am I going to read the plays right? Am I going to, like, you know, throw slants right? As long as he doesn't throw the ball into the ground a lot of times, Cam Newton will be fine. You know, I can see the Patriots record, as I talked about last week on my show, that the Patriots could actually go 11-6 and six or maybe 10-7. and seven as I talked last week about, you know, the schedule. So it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, who the quarterback will be for the New England Patriots. 
I mean, and going back to the whole Brian Hoyer thing, I think if you do process of elimination here, it seems like Jared Stidham is the odd man out for the Patriots. It seems like, you know, you know, Bill Belichick's going to be like, okay, four quarterbacks. I need one of them off my team. And who's going to be the odd man out? Jared Stidham. Because I don't think the Patriots actually have, you know, trust in Jared Stidham. Because here's the thing. If the Patriots had trust in Jared Stidham, he would have been starting week, what was it, four, four, no, four, no, three against the Kansas City Chiefs instead of Brian Hoyer. Because, you know, no team, probably besides the New York Jets, had any contact with in Brian Hoyer besides the New England Patriots. It's like it's obvious. If you put two and two together, it says, hey, the Patriots kind of need a mentor for Mac Jones and Cam Newton. And who else to do it but Brian Hoyer? It's like Brian Hoyer is the third backup for the Patriots. He's not going to be the second. He ain't going to be playing this year anytime. You just need that veteran momentum right there. And signing Brian Hoyer was the thing for the Patriots. That's the only reason why. Brian Hoyer signed the contract with the Patriots. That's why I'm even talking about Brian Hoyer. I cannot believe I'm talking about him right now. I would have expected him to sign with the, you know, Jets or maybe Washington football team. Anyone that needed him besides the New England Patriots because we were fine with having Mac Jones, Stidham, and Cam Newton. That's a trio that I wouldn't have mind. But now you bring Brian Hoyer into the situation. It's kind of like – Patriots, what are you doing? You better not be starting him. He better not be behind Mac Jones in the second start for a quarterback right now. The positions better be Cam Newton, Mac Jones, and Brian Hoyer. It better not be Cam Newton, Brian Hoyer, then Mac Jones, because, boy, if that's going to happen, Patriots Nation is not going to be happy. If you have Brian Hoyer as a second backup to Cam Newton, and you have him playing in the game, not knowing how many timeouts you have. I mean, come on. We could have easily won that game if you would have known how many timeouts we would have had. You throw the ball out of bounds. You don't get sacked. That's the one rule in football. The blindside block and that you don't get sacked, and you know how many timeouts you have. Cam Newton would have thrown it away. Stidham would have thrown it away. That's just an easy solution when you think about that game for the New England Pages, and we should have won that. We should have had the easy win up in our alley. And did we? No. We obviously did not, and that's really sad as a Patriots fan right now. You know, signing Brian Hoyer, I was thinking, oh, why? I I just had one thought, leadership, and he has a veteran more, uh, momentum in, in his head, and he's been on so many teams. He's been on the Texans. He's been with us. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think he used to be on the Titans, if I'm correct, but I might be wrong. But anyways, I think that's the only reason why the Patriots re-signed Brian Hoyer to that deal. I can't think of any other reasons why, unless it's, you know, it's just for momentum and for leadership, leadership reasons only. And I think that's great because nobody was going to sign him. The Cowboys, no. The Giants, No. Even though they kind of need a backup, I think they still have Colt McCoy. No. You know, the Jets would have been a great place because they need a quarterback. I mean, yes, they have Zach Wilson, but 
other than that, I think they have like a third string backup, but they need like someone with, someone with leadership. And signing Brian Hoyer would have been the correct thing to do. Miami doesn't need a backup. They have uh, freaking Brissett as their second string backup, which which is a better backup than us, sort of. I mean, the Patriots are really excited with Mac Jones, and I'm pumped up about that. Mac Jones will probably strive in New England. Because here's the thing. If Cam Newton doesn't work out for us, which I can see 50-50 shot, but, you know, like I keep saying in all my episodes, Cam Newton's on a revenge tour, and it's the sweetest freaking thing I've ever seen for the New England Patriots right now. And I think that, you know, Cam Newton can do well. I think he's going to strive. His leadership will be great. You know, I can't wait for week four against the Bucs. It'll be a big challenge for the Patriots to see if they can actually play up against a good team and against the GOAT, a.k.a. former teammate Tom Brady and Gronkowski and Antonio Brown. It'll be really interesting to see if our defense can actually have a spark plug and be the boogeyman, as you know, we used to say a couple of years ago when we used to be amazing defensively and offensively when we still had the GOAT even though we had the most miserable 8-0 quarterback when Tom Brady was on the team for for the last year. But I have a good feeling that we could possibly defeat the Bucs, just like I'm saying with the Celtics. It's like a one in a million chance that we can actually beat Tom Brady, just like there's a one in a million chance that the Celtics can surprise us and beat the Nets. I think it's anyone's game right now. I think it's going to be awesome to see, you know, Will Cam Newton be the starter by week four? Will he have an injury, or will Mac Jones surprise everyone in training camp? Because after all these tweets I'm reading, I think that, you know, Mac Jones could possibly be the starter. Don't be surprised. I think he possibly could be the starter. But I think right now, as we speak, Cam Newton will be behind the gun by week one. Because, you know, we have to see how Cam Newton does with a full preseason. We have to see it because if not, just go to Mac Jones. That's the obvious thing. Even though the coaches are really impressed with what they're seeing right now in Mac Jones, you have to go with the veteran, the guy that's actually been on an NFL team for many years and possibly, possibly could be leading a team right now in the New England Patriots. I think that, you know, Cam Newton can lead this team into the playoffs and possibly lead us to maybe even the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm 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 just jumping the gun, but it could be a possibility because Cam Newton has that leadership. He's been a great leader for the Carolina Panthers. I mean, last year, yeah, without having fans, it was kind of hard for Cam Newton and the Patriots. But I think that you know the Patriots can strive well. They could be a above 500 team by the start of probably Week 10. I could possibly see them going maybe eight and two because the Patriots they have the sixth easiest schedule in the NFL right now, which is kind of amazing. So I think that Cam Newton will do well and be the starter for the Patriots come week one. I just don't see Mac. I mean, it's going to be tough. This quarterback ship is not going to be easy for the Patriots because if Mac Jones is surprising everyone in training camp, I mean, I'm surprised we even got Mac Jones. I can't believe he stood there round in round one, pick number 15. I thought many teams were going to, you know, pick on him and get him up there, but that didn't happen, and he signed with us. I would have rather have Justin Fields, but 
the Chicago Bears surprised everyone in the draft and sold them away from the Patriots. And, you know, the Bears are going to have to – I feel like the Bears are going to do well with Justin Fields. Could he be starting over Andy Dalton? Possibility. But, you know, going back with the Brian Hoyer thing, I think that was – you know, it was a shock signing, definitely, for, you know, me as a Patriots fan and everyone else out there. But I think that with signing Brian Hoyer – that shows great leadership and, you know, and Bill, we trust. That's our motto right here and right now that, you know, Bill Belichick, we have to trust him. We really do in order to win some games. And that's why the Patriots signed Brian Hoyer, the veteran backup for the New England Patriots. It'll be really interesting to see what he can do if he can lead, you know, Cam Newton and Mac Jones and show us that he can be the Brian Hoyer from years ago. Well, right now, guys, we're going to hit the break. When we return, we're going to talk about the Red Sox and maybe some more Celtics, and, and we'll get some possible Bruin talk. This is The Clutch. I'm Devin Telegani. Pharmaceutical company Prevacus says their new concussion medication, Prevasol, helps repair nerves and promote cell growth. There, we can get the drug in the brain in less than five minutes. Uh, and our plan is when we get that diagnosis on the field of play, give the drug nasally, get it in the brain quickly. When it gets in the brain, it actually gets into the nucleus of your brain cells and it reduces swelling, inflammation, and oxidative stress at the same time. When Jake and I first talked about this many years ago, my, one of my first questions was, will this help me? And he goes, no, this is for treatment immediately when a concussion or you think a concussion has occurred. Yeah. Uh, the acute problems that, that exist later on in life, uh, if we can take care of these at an early age and start getting some of these uh, things to our, our, our children and, and grandchildren, you know, and we, I think we can make this, this game, our game, football, a safer place. And so the whole goal is we're trying to make life, we're trying to make the game safer. And so Odyssey and this drug we believe can be a game changer a game changer in so many different ways yes on the football field in the game of football because that's where my passion lies but also in the game of life Prevasol helps repair nerves and promote cell growth. There, we can get the drug in the brain in less than five minutes. Uh, and our plan is when we get that diagnosis on the field of play, give the drug nasally, get it in the brain quickly. When it gets in the brain, it actually gets into the nucleus of your brain cells and it reduces swelling, inflammation, and oxidative stress at the same time. When Jake and I first talked about this many years ago, my, one of my first questions was, will this help me? And he goes, no, this is for treatment immediately when a concussion or you think a concussion has occurred. Yeah. Uh, the acute problems that, that exist later on in life, uh, if we can take care of these at an early age and start getting some of these 
uh, things to our, our, our children and, and grandchildren, you know, and we, I think we can make this, this game, our game, football, a safer place. And so the whole goal is we're trying to make life, we're trying to make the game safer. And so Odyssey and this drug, we believe can be a game changer, a game changer in so many different ways. Yes, on the football field, in the game of football, because that's where my passion lies, but also in the game of life. Greetings and salutations. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, so let's talk about the Red Sox. They are sadly on a two-game winning losing streak. Winning streak. Wow. Uh, they've just played the Oakland A's and they played against the Anaheim Angels. And they took three, uh, two out of three from Anaheim and they took one out of three against the Oakland Athletics. Now, at least the Red Sox team has surprised me. And as we're speaking right now, the Red Sox are playing. I think they're in the top or bottom of the third, and the Red Sox are winning seven to one against the Blue Jays. And the Blue Jays are a tough team right now; they really are. They are in second place as of right now, and the Red Sox are shocking the nation right now. The Red Sox are a good team as we speak. You know, Verdugo's doing well. JD Martinez. Now the pitching is kind of iffy with Erod last night giving up, you know, five earned runs in that outing was kind of a little bit, you know, shocking. But, you know, I think the Red Sox, they're going to do well. If they keep winning, if they keep playing well, you know, they have one more game up against Toronto. I have a good feeling that, you know, they could win tonight and they win game number 26, which will be kind of cool and awesome. And I think the Red Sox can strive well, you know, coming in May and June and July. Because once we get Chris Sale back, our pitching rotation is going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Chris Sale is just going to dominate. Our pitching rotation will be back. Now, the pitcher that I would get out of the rotation, and I'm kind of not a big fan of him right now, is Garrett Richards. I mean, yes, he's he's had a great season here and there, but right now I just don't trust him. <laughs> I, I really don't. I mean, yeah, we got him, I think, from the Angels or Padres in the offseason, which was a shocking signing. It really was. And, you know, I think we sent him down to the Woo Sox. Uh, we're supposed to get Danny Santana, some guy that we got from uh, Texas. He's a utility player, just like Brock Holt was. And, you know, I think he could strive well. But the thing with Frenchie Cordero, and I've had a lot of problems with him in the past couple of weeks, is that I don't think that Frenchie Cordero really fits in the Boston Red Sox lineup right now as we speak. So I just don't see him striving well with the Red Sox. Maybe we send him down to the Woo Sox and maybe he can hit bombs just like Justin Durant is doing right now for the Woo Sox. He's hit a couple of home runs. He's doing amazing. He plays outfield and he's been <laughs> he's been ranking he's been ranking the ball right here and right there. I mean I think we could use him in the Red Sox lineup then. Then Frenchie Cordero. I think we could really use him. I think he can strive well in the lineup. I think if he can actually hit bombs just like he's doing right now, I think that he could be a great utility, you know, not utility, but great outfielder that we could use. I would love to see a Duran, Verdugo, and Renfrew outfield. That will be <laughs> my dream lineup right there. And you could have, like, you know, Kiki playing second base and, you know, Marlon switching off between him and, you know, everywhere. But I think that, you know, we DFA Frenchie Cordero. 
I mean, yeah, we got him from the Royals for our, you know, the Benintendi trade, but I just don't see him striving well for the Red Sox. I mean, yeah, he's gotten a couple of RBIs here and there, but that that's basically it. You know, Frenchie Cordero hasn't been, like, you know, pursuing just like many, of, you know, of the broadcasters have been talking about. Like, he's supposed to be ranking balls out of the ballpark, and he hasn't been doing that. Not recently, not right now, not here, not there. I mean, that's a thing with, you know, the Boston Red Sox. I mean, yeah, we lost, you know, the big killer bees out there with, you know, Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley Jr., and Ben Attendee. But it's going to be kind of hard, you know, not having Ben Attendee out there for his defense, for his hitting. I mean, I would have rather have a keep Ben Attendee than trade him. But, you know, I, I, I saw this, you know, happen. It was bound to happen for the Red Sox, you know. It's very sad to see a player like him go, but, you know, it's life. It's business. It's what you have to deal with every day and every single night. But, you know, I just hope that the Red Sox keep playing like they do, even though they are are, are on a two-game, you know, losing streak, which is kind of sad. They lost, you know, to the Angels, Shohei Itani, in an absolute two-run bomb on Sunday afternoon. And, you know, and that was the game when the Red Sox, I thought, were out. They were down early in the count, 4 nothing, but then they strove back. You know, Kevin Pulecki finally hit his first home run, which was great. And, you know, Devers hit a three-run shot. They give us a lead, 5-4. And then Matt Barnes. Man, I tell you, boy, that man, that strong man, Matt Barnes, he's been having a great season except for Sunday afternoon. He was, I think, 9-9 nine nine in saves except for, you know, what happened when he gave up that two-run moonshot, Shohei Atani. Other than that, he's been pitching absolutely great for the Red Sox right now. And he's been a player that ever since last season, I've been wanting him to, you know, get traded, you know, release him because I thought he was a bad player. And, you know, he was from years ago to right now. But to right now, he's proven me that he can be with the closer right now. I mean, I thought when we acquired Adam Adovino from the Yankees, which was a steal, by the way, him and getting a Whitlock, which I think was a great pickup too. Whitlock has been a great seventh inning man. And, uh, you know, Schwarinson, the uh, Korean guy that we got, he's been a great pitcher too. And I think this Red Sox team is looking for revenge. And I think the answer has been Alex Cora. You know, with having Ron Renneke, you know, coach last year, it wasn't a great idea. It really wasn't. I mean, I would have rather seen, you know, maybe Veritek or maybe someone like, you know, a, a good player, you know, replace Alex Gore. But it's great that we signed him back. You know, he's back with his homeboys, and everyone loves him. Everyone loves him in the dugout. JD loves him, and I love the new home run celebration that they have with, you know, going in the car. It's, it's just – it feels great. It feels amazing to have Alex Cora back for the Boston Red Sox right now as we speak really is awesome to see him smiling and you know once the you know capacity goes back up to 100 which it which will happen 10 days from now which is great 100 capacity <laughs> it'll be amazing you know hopefully the prices go down hopefully you know everyone's going to be there for the game you know singing sweet caroline i've missed you know singing that going to games i'm hopefully going to go to some games you know here and there but it's going to be great just to hear everyone cheer, you know, you know, you know, Yankees, you know, 
and, and everything. It's, <laughs> it's just going to be great to hear chants, cheering, you know. Once everything goes back to normal, it'll feel like, you know, sports are actually back in business, you know. It's just going to feel great. It's going to feel amazing, you know. The Reds, the hot Red Sox, I'm going to call them right now, no one can stop them. Well, besides any other team, but the Red Sox are hot right now. I think ever since the signing of, you know, Kike Hernandez, Marwin Gonzalez, Alex Verdugo has been doing great hitting for us. JD just hit his, I think, 10th home run or 11th home run right now. Alex Verdugo has been ranking. He's been a great player. You know, I thought, you know, acquiring him in the Mookie Betts deal, I, w- I was like, ah, I'd rather have, you know, someone with leadership like AJ Pollock or someone because I was like, Alex Verdugo, you know, who the heck is Alex? Like, I, I've never heard of him. And, he, and, you know, Jeter Downs, I've been hearing he's been doing great for the Woo Sox. But, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, come years from now. I think Verdugo will be a great player for the Boston Red Sox. I think he can strive well. And I think that, you know, the Red Sox are looking great. You know, I would have never expected them to be in first place as we speak right now, May 19th. I would have expected them to be maybe fourth, maybe third, because I didn't know with the signing of, you know, Kike Hernandez, Marwin Gonzalez, and all these great signings that, you know, Bloom has done, made the Red Sox a better team that, than they are right now. And I think the Red Sox are striving. They're looking amazing. I may be jumping in a gun right here, but – they also could be looking at a World Series championship. I think they're 10th right now. I think it could be a possibility. I mean, knock on wood for that one. It could be a huge possibility. I have high hopes for the Red Sox. You know, their bullpen looks amazing with, you know, Schwarmanson, Adovino, and Matt Barnes for the setup. I mean, no one can stop that. No one can really stop what's going on right now with the Boston Red Sox, and I love it, and all the Red Sox fans are going to be loving it. 100% capacity is going to be rocking. The same's going to be bouncing. It's going to be awesome. Fenway Park is just the most beloved ballpark in the MLB, which is great. You know, the Fenway Franks is great. Uh, the atmosphere is going to be so awesome to hear, like, actual fans cheering. That's going to be, like, oh, so great. It's going to feel amazing. The Red Sox are back to winning games, and I think Cora's been the answer. Alex Cora has been the answer that the Red Sox fans have been waiting for ever since he signed here two years ago when we went to the World Series. He knows how to manage baseball. He knows how to make people laugh and smile, and he's just a great manager. And I think that he's going to be the manager coming years to come. Now we're going to hit one more break, and we're going to wrap the show up. I'm going to have one more thing to talk about, and I'm Devin Telgani. And this is the clutch. Pharmaceutical company Prevacus says their new concussion medication Prevasol helps repair nerves and promote cell growth. There, we can get the drug in the brain in less than five minutes. Uh, and our plan is when we get that diagnosis on the field of play, give the drug nasally, get it in the brain quickly. When it gets in the brain, it actually gets into the nucleus of your brain cells and it reduces swelling, inflammation, and oxidative stress at the same time. When Jake and I first talked about this many years ago, my one of my first questions was, will this help me? And he goes, no, this is for treatment. Immediately, when a concussion, or you think a concussion has occurred. Yeah. Uh, the acute problems that, that exist later on in life 
Uh, if we can take care of these at an early age and start getting some of these uh, things to our, our, our children and, and grandchildren, you know, and we, I think we can make this, this game, our game, football, a safer place. And so the whole goal is we're trying to make life, we're trying to make the game safer. And so Odyssey and this drug, we believe can be a game changer, a game changer in so many different ways. Yes, on the football field, in the game of football, because that's where my passion lies, but also in the game of life. Welcome back. Before we wrap things up, I just want to say a quick thing I've been hearing around the Twitter feed. So for the New England Patriots, I think we still are missing one slot receiver. We need a number one wide receiver ever since Edelman's retirement. So what I've been hearing is that the Patriots are in talks with Julio Jones and acquiring him by, I think, July 1st or August 1st, whenever the heck the deadline is. So I think that it would be a great opportunity because we have the cap space to either trade for him or sign for Julio Jones. But I've been also hearing that the Patriots were in talks with the Cleveland Browns in trying to acquire OBJ. Maybe I'll have some more information by next week and I can talk about this. But I've been hearing that the Browns want J.C. Jackson. So in order to do the trade, we would have to send J.C. Jackson, maybe some other trade picks over. So I think that would be a huge, you know, accomplishment if we can acquire either Odell Beckham Jr. or maybe Julio Jones. I mean, both of them would be great assets for the team, but we're only going to need to have one of them. And uh, after talking it over with myself, I think it would be a better idea because of the age to have OBJ Odell Beckham Jr. on the team than Julio Jones because of its age because I think Julio is in his, like, 30s and Odell is a lot younger than 30 right now. So I think if we're looking for young aspects, I think Odell Beckham Jr. has been the answer for the Patriots. I mean, he's always wanted to play for New England ever since, you know, Tom Brady has been on the team. But, you know, now that Tom Brady is not on the team, so I think that, you know, he'd be a great asset. I don't think he's going to work out in Cleveland. I think – you know, he'll be having problems here and there. So why not sign with a great team and a great to be known Hall of Famer coach and Bill Belichick? I think that's going to be the right signing for for the Patriots to try to trade for OBJ. And will he be in uh, you know, in a blue uniform by this season? I hope so. It could be number thirteen coming here. It could be number eleven, Julio Jones. Hopefully, I have some more news by next week. But hopefully, that happens. But guys. Thank you for tuning in for The Clutch. I'll be on next Wednesday, same time, same place, same adorable face. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Devin Telgani, and you've been listening to The Clutch. We'll see you guys next week. Have a wonderful Wednesday afternoon. Let's go Bruins.
and let's go Celtics. I'm out of here. Peace.